Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is the podcast where you follow my journey as an amateur piano player, with the end goal of playing Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue one day, however long that may take. Every week is another stepping stone where we dissect a solo piano work that gets us one step closer to that goal. But I'm not on this journey alone. That wouldn't be much fun. I want this to be a welcome mat to the world of classical music. So even if you don't know anything about piano or music in general, don't worry. You are welcome here, and you're in the right place. Every episode, we explore the history and background behind the piece and dissect its musical bones. And the plan is that we will build on this knowledge to tackle more complex works in the future. This is episode 5.5, the fifth and final episode in a series spotlighting the Baroque period, specifically the collection of box 15, two-part inventions. We've spent the past four episodes highlighting eight of these inventions, and today we're going to tack on two more. But first, some interesting and timely piano news. Something must be in the air again, because once again, this podcast schedule has aligned with the classical music zeitgeist. If you happen to follow this podcast on Twitter, you may have noticed that I tweeted an article last week where the New York Times posted a review of a concert by pianist Dan Tepfer, who has been performing an unusual concert program called Inventions slash Reinventions, including all 15 of Bach's inventions. Now, why is this so weird? Well, first of all, Bach's inventions are considered pretty simple pieces, especially to professional pianists, so they do not find themselves on concert programs too often. Secondly, Dan Tepfer is most well known as a jazz pianist, so it's a bit odd to see him perform a set of pieces that we have talked about being so carefully structured note by note that seem to be the exact opposite of jazz music. As we're familiar, Bach wrote 15 inventions, all in different keys. But as we know, there are 12 tones, each with a major and a minor. So that gives us a total of 24 keys. Since Bach wrote these inventions as exercises for students to gain independence of hands and to study composition, he omitted inventions for the more difficult keys. And this is where Mr. Tepfer steps in and where the marriage of Bach and jazz meet. He performs the inventions in order, but fills in the blanks that Bach left out. So his concert starts with invention number one in C major, then invention number two in C minor. And then, since Bach did not write an invention in C sharp major, Tapfer plays his own. And he not only just plays a unique composition that he wrote, and this is where the jazz part comes in. He improvises them on the spot. Pretty impressive. So his concert runs through all 15 of Bach's inventions, plus nine of his own improvisations, giving a complete set of 24. The article has video of two of his improvised inventions, if you're interested in checking that out. He's a talented guy, and it's an interesting concept. Also, it could not have been better timed for this podcast. Who knows, maybe he's a listener. But let's get back to the original 15 inventions that Bach wrote back in the Baroque period. We are up to invention number 14, 
in B-flat major. This invention is a bit unique because it opens with a longer-than-usual subject in the right hand. Since the subject is a bit lengthy in this invention, it is not immediately echoed by the left hand, but instead we experience a short episode that rolls us right down the circle of fifths to the dominant key of the piece. And since we started in B-flat major, that leads us to C, D, E-flat, then F major. So we expect a reintroduction of the subject here in the new dominant key of F major, which is exactly what we get. We would also expect that the hands switch, and that is also true. The left hand reintroduces the subject in the dominant key of F major. From here, the invention takes a short stint into the relative minor key, and to get from a major key to its relative minor key, we go down a minor third, or a half step plus a whole step. So if we're starting from B flat, we go down one half step to A, and then down a whole step to G. So now we are in G minor. This vacation to the minor key is extremely short-lived, and the invention soon finds itself back in the home key of B flat major. And here, something interesting happens. Both hands utilize a motif from the subject in a sequence that is played simultaneously, only each hand is a third apart. Then, after this, the subject is recalled by the left hand in the home key. But instead of allowing the left hand to complete the entire subject, the right hand butts in with an imitation before the left hand is finished, and the two iterations of the subject blend seamlessly together. This is called a stretto. Have a listen. The left hand starts, then the right hand jumps in. brief coda, which takes us right to the end. So let's listen to the whole invention. This is Bach's invention number 14 in B-flat major, BWV 785.
then there was one. Let's close out this series with the final invention, number 15 in B minor. Even though there are other inventions with a minor sound, this invention has kind of a unique vibe to it. It makes me picture someone tiptoeing around, maybe an investigator sneaking around looking for clues, or a burglar about to break into a house. Let's see what you think. Here's the subject played by the right hand. And this subject, which is ornamented heavily, is accompanied by the left hand with a popping bass line right on the beat, which symbolizes that footstep feel I was talking about before. See what I mean? It sounds kind of ominous. And right off the bat, this invention does something a little different. While we're used to the subject being immediately imitated by the opposite hand, this invention, right off the bat, jumps to the dominant key. So the left hand imitates the subject, but it doesn't do it in the home key of B minor. It jumps to the dominant key of F sharp minor. Then from here, we experience an episode which takes us to the relative major key. And since we started in B minor, we need to go up a minor third. So we go up one whole step and up a half step. So that takes us from B up a whole step to C sharp, then up a half step to D major. And once we're in our new relative major key, the subject is re-presented, this time using the opposite hand. So we're going to start with the left hand. Sometimes the switch from minor to major is just extremely obvious, and I think this is one of those cases. This subject just lends itself more naturally to the minor key, in my opinion. And similar to the beginning, the other hand echoes with an imitation, but it jumps up to the dominant key. So this gets a little confusing because we're not in the home key anymore. We are in the relative major key, and we're going to go from the dominant key of the relative major key. This is a little like the movie Inception. So let's try to break this down from the beginning. We started with B minor, then we went to the relative major key, which we already determined was D major. Now we're going to go to the dominant key of D major, which is D, E, F sharp, G, A major. So the right hand answers the subject in A major. You still with me? your head spinning. That's okay, because Bach shows mercy on us and takes us back to familiar territory. The home key of B minor. And as we've learned by now, once we reach that home key once again, we could expect a final recall of the subject. Which is exactly what Bach writes for the left hand. 
but instead of having the right hand imitate in the dominant key, he keeps the right hand in the same key, but doesn't allow the left hand to finish. So just like we heard in invention number 14 at the end, the right hand imitates in stretto, interrupting the subject of the left hand and allowing both of them to live seamlessly together. That's all he wrote. So let's listen to Bach's invention number 15 in B minor, BWV 786. That concludes our series on Bach's collection of two-part inventions. Like I mentioned in a previous episode, these are difficult pieces for me to emotionally connect with, but they are shining examples of compositional structure. They're important to discuss and learn from to understand the evolution of Western music, and we'll see how future composers adapt these molds to fit their ambition and transform music throughout the ages. If you're still on a Bach kick and just can't seem to get enough, I would recommend moving on to Bach's collection of 15 Sinfonias as the next logical step. Sinfonias are very similar to Bach's inventions. They just have three voices at once instead of two, making them a little more complicated, but not quite as complicated as Bach's four-voiced fugues. In fact, sometimes the Sinfonias are referred to as inventions just three-part inventions instead of two parts like we just discussed. We'll likely encounter some of these symphonias in the future on this very podcast, but that is for another day. For now, we're going to say farewell to Bach. We have plenty of other composers and different eras of history to visit. So let's continue on. Next week, we're going to enter the classical period and begin a series on a pair of Beethoven's sonatas. We'll dive deeper into the sonata form, learn a little more about Beethoven, and bring us one step closer to Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. The standalone recordings for these two inventions can be found directly in the podcast feed. If you'd like to listen to the full set, 
Head over to the Piano Rhapsody SoundCloud page and you will find a complete playlist of Box 15 Inventions, including the five we did not discuss during this series. If you're interested in the article about Dan Tepfer's Invention Concert, I'll provide the link in the episode description. Just beware, you may need a subscription to the New York Times in order to view it. If you'd like to reach out to me, please find me on Twitter at Piano Rhapsody or email me at pianorhapsodypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me on this trip to the Baroque period. Tune in next week as we flash forward and start something new. Talk to you then. Have a good week.